Greetings and welcome to another brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. I am so excited to have another super dope interview and episode. This is episode 60 of Out the Box Talks. Could you believe it, guys? We got to episode 60. And this is the third episode of season three. So uh, as I said in my previous episode, uh, I wanted to actually produce more shows on the YouTube channel. So we'll still have the shows as an audio podcast, but we're definitely going to be keeping the shows rolling out as consistently as possible on the YouTube channel, Out the Box TV. So as always, you know, I usually have a really dope guest. Tonight's guest is no one short of intelligence, of lyrical dexterity, of just everything you consider an authentic MC to be. And he has been making music since, I want to say, early to mid-90s. He's part of a a really powerful underground hip-hop collective known as the Juggernauts. I mean, he just released his solo debut album. I mean, after all of these years, he's finally released it. And uh, I mean, I'm just loving what I'm hearing with the material. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening and viewing audience, my brother hailing natively from the Bronx, the birthplace of hip hop. My homie, the juggernaut MC himself, my brother, Breeze Bruin. Welcome to Out the Box. What's good, brother? Let me uh, let me get your mic uh, here. Okay. How you doing, man, my that's, brother? That's some that's intro, man. I appreciate it. That's what's up. Yes, man. It's a pleasure, man. How are you, man? How how you feeling? How's life at oh, this man. particular stage? You no, know, I'm, 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 I'm getting through it. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 we all here trying to, trying to deal with what we're dealing with, but I'm, I'm feeling real blessed, especially you know with this release. So, I'm feeling as good as can be expected these days. Word up. Indeed, indeed. And as you spoke about this release, I forgot to mention the title earlier, but it's called Hindsight. And um, I definitely want to talk to you a lot about this particular project. But before we, you know, jump into that, for the folks that may not be aware of you, just kind of give them a history of yourself as an MC and kind of like how this whole idea of you becoming an MC all began. Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot like what you said, man. You know, um, just being in the Bronx um, growing up, uh, it, it just... It was an exciting time. And, uh, you know, I was definitely trying to partake in as many elements of, of hip hop as possible. Um, I couldn't get around no tables. Uh, it was hard to come come across tables. I did try break dancing. I did. I was horrible. I had the worst tag in the world, so I left that alone. Um, but, you know, used to be on the block, you know, finding boxes, taping them together flipping landing on my neck what kind of crazy stuff just trying to you know just getting swept up in it because the culture was just so powerful in, in uh you know the mid to late 80s early 80s too and um ramen just it seemed like 
something natural to me because I always, you know, I, I would read a lot and, and you know, I, I write little stories or whatever. And um, it just was important, like the written word. And, and I just thought words would fly. You could do a lot with them. You could play with them. And then I started writing rhymes. I was like 12. So I would, you know, cats would have like a birthday party or something and somebody would have a mic and, or you'd be in the schoolyard or you'd be in the, the lunchroom. And it was like, I would rhyme and cats would be like, yo, homeboy's all right, you know? So um, it continued from there. Uh, my family also helped, um, you know, Juggernauts, that's my family. Um, and, and, you know, my brother was already doing parties. He DJed and rhymed. Um, eventually, DJ, producer, and Ron. So he was running around the Bronx, running around Manhattan, um, young, like 15, you know? So he's two years older. So when he was 15, I was 13. I couldn't even get into some of the spots where he was rocking. Mm -hmm. Stardust, um, Club Quando, like these old spots that ain't even, you know, right now they're probably furniture stores. But, you know, he was coming home, you know? with his name on flyers. And I was like, yo, that's dope. And then, you know, between him doing that and me doing my thing, and then we had a little equipment at the crib and four tracks and, and, and before that, just tape machines and started messing around. And then before you knew it, like we had really, really, you know, I guess rudimentary type demos. And then before, you know, we, we'd be performing them joints mm. and then, you know, not too late, longer after that, you know, we was doing like pretty decent demos, getting people's attention, and I guess in the industry. And then, you know, got a deal. We ended up getting a deal. A lot of that was uh, due to my brother, Kev Fever, at the time, B Slim. Um, he had, you know, I started producing R&B. So, um, you know, when they say, as I busted Cherry, Monica and Terry, like he produced like, two joints on their solo album. Um, and that introduced me to the industry, mm. you know? So I was, you know, 13, 14, running up in parties, flying the wall, you know, just seeing how the game was going. Started ghostwriting when I was like 15. Uh, I did a joint for these uh, these females. They were called Check One and Check Two out of, uh, out of Queens. And, um, one of their moms was in the industry and she started being our manager. But that song I wrote, that joint was, you know, played on 98.7 Kiss and, um, you know, 107.5. This is pre-hot 97 days. And that that was like bucket list for me. And I'm like 15. So, um, you know, she's, she's like, yo, I got this young boy. He's writing this stuff. Him and his brother, they seem like good kids. They like, you know, they got some passion for their music. So she's taking us around. I'm meeting like Bobby Condas, mm. Red Alert, 15. And then um, eventually we keep pushing. We get a deal. Um, my That that lady who was our first manager, she she was like, yo, I don't really know what y'all doing, man. Y'all music's too dark. Mm. And I was like, it's just our music. You know, she actually helped. Um, <laughs> she helped sign Vanilla Ice. Like she, she, she was an OG in the game. Shout out to May James. 
And then, um, you know, we were like, nah, this is the path we on. Uh, we ended up changing our name to the Juggernauts soon after. I'm not gonna name mention the old names, <laughs> but um, we had we got that deal, you know, just me and my brother really, and um, then we kept working, uh, met other people. Um, my man Chris Liggio, um, he he was doing some production with us. He ended up doing uh, "Don't Let It Go to Your Head" for for um, Brand Nubian. Uh, joints for Poobah and did a joint for Ghost. But we really started in the game together. And, and um, you know, we got that that deal with Electric East West. And then we got dropped. And um, that changed things. And then we, um, you know, a lot of other stuff. I mean, I don't know how much time we got. But um, I was able to um, meet... Bobito through Pete Nice, <laughs> who was my coach at basketball camp. <laughs> so um, that's how I met Bob. And even before we got signed to Electra, you know, we had talks about signing with Hoppo, which was a label with um, Pete and Bobito. That was their label um, through Columbia. It was Hoppo Columbia. And that's that was like... Um, you know, the biggest artist they had was Curious, who I was had a lot of respect for. I thought he was definitely rapping Uptown officially. So, um, you know, we threw out the joint with Bob, and then that introduced us to a whole nother world of the independent game. And uh, I was digging it, you know what I mean? Like, the whole time, you're like, let me get a deal, let me get a deal, let me get a deal. And then you throw out the joint independently, and it's not just you. It's like all these other cats you're meeting with the awesomeness and, you know, company flow and, and you know, jig masters and, um, you know, polyrhythmatics and, and just like dope other artists, you know, sciences of life. And you out here doing these shows with all these dudes and everybody's rolling up in the same venues and you're meeting Pumpkinhead and Wordsworth for AL Skills, House of Reps. And it was like, to me, that was cooler. Like, I wanted to get a deal so I could, you know, be running underneath, like acknowledging I'd be underneath the Pete Rock and CL Smooths and the Brand Nubians. They would have been my my label mates. And I would have been cool, been like, yo, let me pay my dues and work my way through. But there was something beautiful about, you know, the independent game because you wasn't under nobody. It was like, all right, cool, here we are. And we all just doing what we do. We all on this level, you know, for better or for worse. We were all little brothers to them dudes. And we all were no major label dudes. We just were like something else. And um, that something else ended up being real fly, you know. We'd be like doing shows, doing open mics, doing in-stores. Like, oh, what's good? You pass, you see like Talib and them at one spot. You go, you see Q Unique and them at another spot. You go to another, you know what I mean? So it was just like, there was still dudes who were like in between those two worlds, like, you know, the organized confusions. Um, Maybe even, you know, the DOS effects. Like there were dudes who were like in between those two worlds, but I felt good being in that new space mm. of, of the independent artists in that scene, you know, in the, um, 
mid nineties, you know. Wow, man. So that's how I came in it, you know. That's that's a mouthful, man. Like that, you know, you think about people's history, but when you actually hear them tell it, you know, and you learn about all these things you didn't know, like it just makes it even more dope, man. So I thank you for sharing that. Um, I didn't even know you were connected, you know, to Talib. You know, like you had those kinds of experiences. Yeah, it was, everybody was running in the same, same circles. circles. Man. Yeah, man. So I want to talk to you about this new project, Hindsight, right? Um, this is your debut album, uh, your, your debut solo album. Tell me why it took so long for this project to actually be released. Well, it's bug because, you know, although it, it, it it's just weird the way music is, is structured sometimes, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like you could have um, a group and it's like, all right, cool. This is the main MC, but that's the group and that's how it is. You know, um, look at Black Thought. Black Thought, you know, they're saying he just put out his debut. But this man has, you know, is part of a group. And that catalog is so thorough. And no one could, you know, ever question that he's the lead. But those aren't Black Thought projects. In a way, I kind of, you know, on a, on a, on a smaller scale, I, I kind of feel the same thing because... You know, I, w I was the lead MC in the Juggernaut's first joint. Um, it definitely got a little bit more uh, Ghost and and, and, um, and Ray when my sister came on, on Music Confusion, body in it. And then, but right before that, there was the Prince Among Thieves who I was lucky enough to be the lead in that. So in all of those projects, I was able to like really present myself um, you know, a lot of them balls was mine, and I, I tried to make the most of them. But um, it still was like within a context, within a frame of a bigger picture, and that bigger picture was dope as hell. But I, I would never, you know, like the Juggernauts. That's a group effort that was within every song, us building and and strategizing and going back and forth, and you know. <laughs> Supreme Court, <laughs> you know, Congress, and your and, and uh, um, you know the um, whatever the presidential, you know, the three branches. There was the branches of a group, you know. What I mean, for that's my analogy. And then later, when it, you know was working with Prince Paul, all he had me do was basically like I felt like the verses were captions to his pictures. Mm. Like he laid the pictures out. I was like, all right, cool. Here you go. This song, just just put a caption about this picture. So the picture was already there. Um, all I wanted to do was make a good caption. So again, I'm inside of a framework. Um, and I guess going into the hindsight joint, I just literally I wanted to create the framework. And um, that's how it felt for me to be like. All right, cool. You know, you've been in the game, you've been involved in some, you know, pretty, pretty major projects, but it was never my framework exclusively. 
And that's no disrespect, obviously, to my family or to somebody like Prince Paul, who's, you know, that dude is is um, was a mentor and he's one of my heroes. But at the same time, you know, you you got to become your own hero at some point. And um, I felt like this was it was time for that. And you know, a lot of people will say, "Damn, what took you so long?" But you got to understand, like I I wasn't doing nothing. I was, you know, working with some great minds, but definitely collaboratively. Wow, well said, man. Well said. Just to do a quick uh, mic check, uh, Breeze, you're you're not hearing an echo on your end, right? Nah, okay, you sound so, perfect. Yep, good, good. I think I heard it earlier, but I, I was I think I was able to fix it. I think I had the YouTube nah, screen. It, sound, it sounds official on this side. Beautiful, beautiful. So. In looking at this new album, Hindsight, I'm looking at the track list and I see Juggernauts listed, you know, on the track list. Well, I'm looking at it through Spotify as well. Like, so I see Juggernauts. How involved was your sister and your brother who also make up the Juggernauts in this particular project? Well, I mean, it's it's released on, um, it's distributed by Fat Beats, but released by Matic. Matic Records is all labeled. So if you want to even like check out what's going on with, with Matic, you got to go to our Juggernaut's Instagram. There's no Matic Instagram. We're trying to develop like a site and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm Matic and, and they're the Juggernauts and I'm the Juggernauts. We're a family. So they were definitely involved. You know, uh, there's a joint on there that me and Slim produced. Um, that could have easily been a juggernaut record. Could have been. And then there's joints. Um, as far as rolling out the project, um, I'm horrible with social media. So my sister, Queen Heroin, she's been like, she laid out like, all right, cool. On January 1st, the joint's going to drop on the 22nd. We're going to have a post for every day. I think the only day we actually did not post anything about the project was for MLK Day. So... That was me and her sitting down. Um, I remember, you know, she was like, yo, come through. I'll go out, let's record you spitting some verses. We'll use some of those at different points. Wardrobe changes and all that. That was her. So they was just like, look, we we, we want you to win, you know? Um, as far as the juggernauts, I'm always juggernauts. There's really, to me, there's, there's no separation. It's just... It, it, it was an opportunity for whatever I'm trying to lead with, representing the juggernauts, I had an opportunity to do that. There was no like, all right, cool. Like if I wanted their opinion, I would ask for it. And you know, there, sometimes they were like, yo, I, I was thinking about this in the joint and I'm gonna hit them because at the end of the day, I respect their opinion. But it never got to the point where it was like, all right, cool. You know you need to compromise, right? There was never that. And I respect that. Because at the end of the day, you ain't going to grow as an artist if you constantly, constantly, constantly compromise. And sometimes you got to be selfish. Whether you're around your, even if it's your family, even if it's the people that, you know, you know better than anybody in the world, you still got to know you better than that. Yourself better than that. And they gave me the opportunity to do that. They were like, yo, you going to play it how you play it, whatever you want from us, we hit. And, you know, I just feel, you know, extremely grateful to have them there. And um, I just, you know, 
I even think back at the Prince Among Thieves. I really, I look at the, sometimes I look at the cover and it says Breeze Bruin. It doesn't say Breeze Bruin of the Juggernauts. That was my bad. Like I should have been like, yo, all I, you know, Paul's good people. I would have been like, yo, um, could y'all fix that on the cover? It wasn't like, yo, this is, maybe it was, I don't know, I'm thinking back. And I, I ain't have that kind of um, leverage, but at the same time, whatever's important to me is important to me. I should have been like, you know, at least to ask, like, yo, could you throw that in there? And um, I'm just going to continue to do that moving forward, you know? Wow. That's, that's really unselfish of you, man. And, and, and I'm, you know, I admire you for even having that mindset, you know, going back to the Prince, Prince of Thieves record, which I do want to talk to you about a little later on. Now, Hindsight is the title of the album. Tell me why you went with that title. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, I know that people have considered, I'm not prolific. You know, no one could sit here and say I'm prolific, you know, and it, and it took time to do this. And I just wanted to own that. Um, I wanted to be honest about, you know, when some of these songs were either, um, you know, conceived, if you want to call it you know, written. Um, but for the most part, it, it's been like a, a ongoing process. And with it being that process, I just wanted to be like, yo, I'm, I'm just really looking it back at the path that, that led to me getting out this first, this first um, project. And a lot of it, you know, forced me to look back just, just with that in mind, like going back and, and seeing you know, how, how was I looking at things then? How were things around me? You know, the first joint, gotta love it. When I say four more years, I'm, I'm talking about when George Bush um, got elected the second time. And I remember at that moment, it felt like the end of the world. Old Dirty had just died. George Bush got reelected. And I'm like, damn, it can't get worse than this. But in hindsight, man, that's the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? Compared to where we are now. You know, and a lot of it is cyclical. You know, when, when old Dirty passed, it was like, damn, man, this is this is ridiculous. This is terrible. And it was. But, you know, we live worlds of loss. You know, I, I done lost homies. I done lost, you know, family. I done lost students. So this concept of loss, although it's it's like, it's it's hard, it's sad. But it's like we lost old dirty then, and now you know before the joint dropped here, you know we lost somebody like Doom, and it, it, it's it's hard to deal with. But it, it's it's not on. We we lying if we talking about it's unfamiliar. It's too familiar. So I definitely wanted to like consider that to create the what I was seeing, my perspective, and um, hopefully others can be like, yeah. That's that's real. I I hear you. I was feeling that too. Man, that's great, man. It actually makes a lot more sense now when I think about the different uh songs on the album and and how it's actually coming from a hindsight perspective. So, talk to me about that a little bit more too. Like um was there a method to the format of the album with regards to the subject matter you chose to talk about? Because when you listen to the album and you listen to the variety of songs, it sounds like 
the topics could be anything like challenges that human beings from a teenager to a grown adult could go through, right? And I'm just kind of curious to know how you, you know, were able to formulate the actual songs and the subject matter you would talk about. Yeah, that's that's actually a great question, man. Like, I had more songs. And it was just the idea of, well, like, what are you picking? And I definitely wanted to pick songs that you could have, that you could somehow grow from when looking looking in retrospect. So, you know, there's joints about different levels of, of maturity in regards to relationships. So, you know, just check it. You got Bumpy Johnson where it talks about being a young dirtbag, right? And then it moves up and then it talks about people like in a committed relationship but possibly taking each other for granted, which is keep it up. You just let it, you know, you let yourself go and get sloppy. And then you continue on later to another thought when you talk about eye popper, where it's like, all right, cool, this 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 dude, he's obviously, you know, trying to trying to be mature about it, trying trying to court this woman, but he still has some of the remnants of his dirt baggery. So it's like <laughs> With all of those, you can learn something. It's like Bumpy Johnson. It's like, yo, you, you go and fuck around and get a Bumpy Johnson. And then it's, you know, keep it up. It's like, yo, keep your shit tight. And then by the end, it's like, I pop. It's like, yo, man, that shallow house shit will get you. So I wanted, you know, like just in that vein, just the idea of like when you look back at it in hindsight, there'd be some takeaway. So, you know, pretty much all of the joints, besides when I'm just talking shit, I mean, to me, translated was like a departure, but I'm going to have to talk shit. I'm an MC. Um, but even with that one, you know, just the idea of say something, because um, a lot of these cats are saying something, and it's, I feel like I need a translator because I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um so I try to make sure that when you look at all of the joints, that if you look in retrospect, there should be some takeaway. You know, whether it's like yo dealing with friends that for that joint, the uninvited, or or being you know being a dude that end up you know when your friends shit on you. Well, alright, you got to figure it out. You know, you got to figure out how you want to play it. Or PPT. You know, what I mean, people gonna talk trash. You're going to let it pull you down or you're going to pull yourself up. So I wanted to like have some takeaway, but not have it be like dumb obvious because then it's like, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, I don't know, no cheerleader, but I do want to present that there's shit out there that a lot of us are going to deal with. When you look back at it, how could you, how could you tweak it so that moving forward, uh, you could do that a little bit more effectively. I could definitely dig it. So I want to get into some of the songs on the album. I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned um, Uninvited because that's the one that's produced by Black Milk, right? Yeah. 
such a dope record. And as I got a chance to listen to the lyrics, there's a line that really sticks out to me. And it's it comes at the end of the song where you're talking to the mother of a friend that you had in the past. And the yep. mom is telling you about all the good things that's happened to this friend. And she's showing you pictures of his wedding. And you're feeling like, man, I didn't get invited. But at the end of the song, you also say something like, you know, I didn't get invited, but you're all you're always gonna be my boy. I'm paraphrasing. But yeah, it's, no doubt. it's it's from that standpoint. I can't remember the exact lyrics, still, but still my G. Still, still my, my G, G right? And yep. you know, when I think about that, um, I just think about life today, right? Or when when you when you think about situations like that, how do you find the balance to recognize that, man, I might have been done wrong by this individual in this particular way, but at the end of it, I'ma still always have love for you. Like how, you know, it's a real um how you say it, it it's a, a really strong place of humility to be in. So I'm curious to know like how have you been able to find such a, a good balance where you're still able to have a positive outlook? I mean, a lot of it has to do with like, I guess growing, you know, getting older and just like figuring like, look, you're going to gain more by, by just being bitter or you're going to gain more about being open. You know what I mean? So for that particular joint, I'm not even going to front. That, that, that song is like, that's the most autobiographical song on the album. Like, all of that happened. <laughs> like, all of it. I'm not going to talk about who the, th that person is, but that's a real person. Um, High school, all that, getting shot at in Bay Plaza. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the RX-7. Like, all that happened. So... The only way that the easiest way that I could look at like stuff like that is one, you're gonna get shit on. It's just what it is. But two, I'm sure there's somebody out there that can make a song about me. Yo, Breeze is supposed to give me this verse. He ain't giving me the verse. Fuck that nigga. Ah. You know what I mean? So it's just like we ain't perfect. So it's like I'm I'm definitely not gonna harbor nothing. I hope I get to talk to that brother. Um, and we could possibly laugh about it. But um, you know. The stuff in the song is true. Like, he was there the night my son was born. You know what I mean? In Harlem, on 14th Street, St. Luke's. He was there with me. Um, and I just, I guess just thinking, like, all right, well, when I think of all the good stuff that we did together, as stuff started to pick up, I was like, all right, cool. We're we going to continue. And just sometimes it don't work like that. But like I said, I'm, I'm sure there's people who, who would say, yo, Breeze, you know, he disappointed me. Cause that's what we do as human beings. Like we're going to disappoint somebody. And um, if I'm going to sit here and just be like, oh man, this and that, I'm disappointed. Oh, look, you did me dirty. And not consider the, 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 the possibility that someone is saying the exact same thing about me. Then I, I missed the point. You know what I mean? So I ain't mad about it. I got, I still got love for the brother. And, um, you know, continued success. And like I said, one day I hope, I hope we laugh about it. You know, it, it speaks to a, a level of maturity, man. Like, I think the older we get, 
you know, and you bring up this word hindsight. In hindsight, you look at these things and you're like, man, like it ain't worth it. You know what I mean? So it's not. It's not at all. And um, you know, like this music to me is is like it's a gift. Like this hip hop music is literally it's a gift. It's a gift that we have it. It's a gift that I can do it. So it's like, you know, I I guess I put them on blast, but at the same time, only certain people gonna know it. Um, and if they do, it's like we grown. Like, let's talk about it, you know. You know, he 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 in the industry. I would wonder if he felt it was a good song, did the production match, you know what I mean? Like, this is dude who 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 I came up with and helped helped me to refine my taste. Like, you know, he used to play me a song, oh snap. I try to hit him later. Oh snap! And we would just—I remember us driving down the Bronx River, blasting, faking the funk. First time I heard it, it was in the whip with that brother driving down the Bronx River Parkway. I still remember it like yesterday. So it's just like that—that's you know a credit to this this music too. Like it, it lends itself to these moments where you ain't never going to forget it. That's just the power of hip hop. So it, it creates these memories. Wow, man. Wow. Well, well said, man. So PPT, another, I mean, there's so many dope tracks on this album. I think it really requires your listening ear for you to really grasp the depth of what's going on in each song. But uh, PPT, which I believe, is that the one that's produced by your brother? Yeah, that's me. That's me and my brother. Right. We put that one together. Dope, put it together, dope. together. So... Who is the pessimistic personal trainer and how do we overcome or evade their influence? That's the thing. You don't want to evade it. You want to embrace it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, usually you think about trash talk, right? Like if you're playing ball or something. When I play ball, be like, this dude's weak. Mouse in the house. Word? All right, cool. Tonight, 50 squats after after balling like five games. This dude right here, he can't go left. Word? Okay. I'm tying my hand behind my back, and I'm going to dribble around the corner. I'm going to go to the store, do my errands. I'm strictly left hand. It's like, it's a blessing. Like, if, if, you know, cats, if they're going to get detailed with it, with their criticism, there's your roadmap. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, word, that dude right there, you know? You know, he'd he be having these rhymes and I, I don't know what he'd be talking about. Okay. I will, I will work on my clarity. No problem. And it's, it's, it's just to me, it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather hear what you're saying about me than you say nothing. You know, what can you gain from nothing? So if people are talking trash and it comes back to you, you know, in certain ways you could be like, oh yeah, don't listen to them, this and that. Me? I'm gonna be like, I'm turning it up. I want to hear what you got to say, because at the end of the day, it's just like, if it makes sense and there's something, even like, vaguely constructive in there, I'm gonna utilize it, and I'm gonna try to get better. And I think we all have these opportunities if, we, if we're being honest with ourselves, or we're being, you know, just observant enough, observant enough to be like, oh, word, that's that's what they're saying. No problem. 
Another positive way to look at it, man. <laughs> I like that response. So I want to say probably my favorite track on the album is called Taking Notes. Um, and I really like this record because it just, it's, a, it's, it's an emotional record, especially if you've been someone who has experienced working in the school system. Um, you detail some apparent challenges you experience being a teacher as a person of color in middle school. Tell me about the moments where you feel like you've gotten through your students and what was the one thing that those big breakthrough or successful moments had in common? I mean, the thing about taking notes is I, I tried to, like talk about the entire like struggles and a lot of it ain't the kids a lot of it you know the kids are the, are, are the least of, of of the issue and you know there's a whole part where i talk about in the teacher's lounge and you hear you know people talking like you know just real negatively about um these kids will never learn and i would you know when i first started it was it was tough because i would i would go to the teacher's lounge and i'd hear that and, you know, usually in the teacher's lounge, that's where you would make your copies and, you would, you know, whatever, you would do what you need to do. And then after a while, it was like, I didn't even want to hit because all I heard them was bashing our kids. And, and, and mind you, that was earlier on in teaching and I maybe did not have as much patience to listen to that. And there are days where I probably felt the same thing, but just... I, I just couldn't bring myself to say that because these kids just reminded me of, of me so much. This is like in this middle school, like this is Northeast Bronx, Edawar, Wakefield. Like that's where I grew up. So I guess, you know, just to get that idea out, um, even possibly to other teachers if they heard it, like, yo, you know, you speaking it, and I get it. You venting, but there's people in there that that are hearing, and and, and they're not really appreciating that. So that was kind of a, a sub that I hopefully other teachers, because I'm still teaching. Um, as far as with the kids, I think anytime you give kids the opportunity to really um, present themselves their version of, of what they see as themselves you're going to have success um can you do that every day definitely not when it comes to curriculum and it's like things you got to cover but you could do it you know a good portion of the time um i teach an ap class and it's like all right well the kids they have to cover you know certain text and, and ap english and you know there's the canon but you know within the canon you 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 know there's there's a lot of wiggle room and if you could find portions of of what's going on with kids um and their struggles i mean you you could talk about you know feminism and and, and you know powerful women with something like antigone or you could talk about um i know i'm getting a little nerdy teacher with it but um there's ways that you could relate to the kids and then it's like, all right, cool. You see how they dealt with it. How would you deal with it? How do you think this relates to you, if at all? 
And then you start having really good debates and the kids could actually talk about their experience through something else. So it's like you inadvertently creating this safe space for them. And um, hip hop again, there's always a way to make some type of connection. Like there's so much in these quote unquote classics, these old white men type of things, um, works of, of, of literature that I could find something to connect. I mean, if you if you like you and myself, we could go through our hip hop records and be like, oh, cool. Let me connect this back to this piece. Like if you if you if you know enough about hip hop, there's so much good stuff that you could always connect back. And um I do it. I try to do it. And um sometimes they I see the kids even getting sick of it, but I'll be like, all right, cool. If you don't want no hip hop stuff, bring in something else, your your emo, whatever stuff. But let me let's make that connection. And music is always like a good um counterpart to literature. So I try to utilize that a lot. Mm. Wow. What what do you see as the biggest obstacle that gets in the way of progress and maturity for young people within the school system, you know, based on your experience? Um, I really wish that there were more options. I think the whole one size fits all that's that's where we that's where we fail. Mm. You know, like I I wish that there was more arts. I wish that there was um, just just different entry points because it's just like, yo, they're going to do this or nothing. That all or nothing, you're going to get a lot of nothing. That's just how it works because now it's like you have a very limited scope and if you have an old school teacher or just a stubborn teacher, I should say, so now you have a limited um, scope and, and you have a limited approach. How does that work for the kids? You know, you, you trying to cast the, the, you know, the widest net possible so you could pull in as many kids to whatever you trying to, whatever understanding you're trying to lead them to. And I just feel like we, you know, we in New York and, and I, there's just so much more I wish we could do. I mean, I'm in the Bronx. I'm not trying to get fired or nothing. But there's, I'm in a school that's that's literally next to an orchard. Mm. It's like gardens, orchard, space. And I feel like if I was 30 miles north, there would be all kind of classes going on in there. There would be like kids trying to plot out like, all right, cool, let's have a project where we make, you know, use this lot here that's doing absolutely nothing. And we set up a certain number of raised beds that we could, you know, actually make stuff. And then we bring in the organic component and we start doing stuff and having kids involved. And you could do so much. There's math involved in that, science involved in that. Um, I mean, there's promotion, there's this collaboration, and it's like that's not being done. And then you got to ask yourself why. Kids, you know, certain kids would eat that up. Not everybody. But certain kids would eat that up. Why not? Mm. Why not give them the option? So options, man. Like I could I think it. that's what we need. Wow, man. Well said again. So in, in thinking about this song, taking notes, as I play it over, 
I think it's it's probably like the hook where you 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 talk about opening the notes that's left behind at the end of class and um thinking that it's just trash but picking it up and finding out things that make you even more concerned and i had to put myself in the shoes of yourself as a teacher as you were going through this experience uh, and I, so I asked the question, like, how do you find the emotional support to keep going, you know, as a teacher in middle school where it could get really hectic dealing with that age group? I mean, we talk about teachers in a way that is like, oh, they're like the best thing and they're like, the you know, the leaders of society and things like that. But we really talk about the emotional side of having to be responsible for this group that in many ways you might even see yourself as a parent to them, right? Like, how do you get the, how did you get, what type of support did you get to continue, you know, being a teacher despite some of these apparent challenges? I mean, a lot of it has to do with like the type of leadership you have. Like if you have some leadership who's like, yo, I need my team right, you know? I need I need them right. You know what I mean? Let let's let's open up spaces where we could talk about the kids. Let's go out as as a group and if we're gonna get a drink after school and blow off steam. If you have that type of leadership, you got a shot. Other than that, I think now with um, you know, it's easier to um to get support outside of school, you know, whether it's Facebook groups or stuff like that. When I first started, there wasn't all that, but I just knew enough people. Like I, I got lucky. Like I, I, my brother was already teaching, and I met people um, that I respected, that I knew were really were there for the right reason. Like who, who were really cared about the kids. Um, I just got lucky. I was in a school that was very diverse as far as the teachers. My school was like ninety five percent black, you know, where I grew up, and um, black and Latino, but. As far as the educators, like 50% black and Latino. And that's unheard of. So there were a lot of teachers who, you know, all right, cool, what are we doing? We got Friday, y'all getting this drink? And we would go there and it would be like the first half an hour, we'd be like, all right, man, let's get our bitch session on. And then after that, it was like, we're not talking about teaching. Mm. I want to hear about something else in your life. But I met great, like powerful people. Um, I mean, I almost, I was very close to being hired by uh, Jamal Bowman. Uh, he's now a congressman uh, in the Bronx and Westchester. Um, very dynamic educator, um, principal. My brother worked with him for close to 15 years. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of people now. And, and, and now it's easier in regards to, as far as a, a person of color, I think there's enough literature out there. Shout out to Chris Emden. Shout out to um, Jay Rawls and John Robinson. You know, like there's a lot of people who are just like come from hip hop, like are of the age who are like 35 to 50. And they understand like the power of, of, of the hip hop that helped raise us. Like if we're going to keep it a buck, like there was a lot of hip hop that helped raise us. And in some ways it's, it's for better or for worse. But for me, it was more for the better. So 
again. <laughs> Thank you again, Hip Hop. Just plugging in my laptop. My bad. I noticed. Um, but that's always there, man. Music is there. It, it can help. Um, I got it in the background when I'm um, grading papers or I'm playing it. Usually instrumental stuff. If I'm reading, like kids are writing because it's like I can't have too many words happening at one time if I'm really trying to get to the meaning of it. But um, yeah, man, this this if you have good administration that that is really just empathetic, um, still want to you know still trying to hold it down and do what you need to do because you know you don't want nobody without no no structure. But um, there's so many ways to um, to unwind and, and to get support, you know, buy lessons from other teachers. They, they got sites out there, teachers getting rich, like literally selling their, their own curriculum. Um, like, like a lot of things, man, technology has helped and, and all else fails is, you know what I mean? It might be a, a cold bottle or something and, and, you know, some Dilla in the background or you know, just to get your head right. Man, thank you for sharing that, man. And I want to just commend you for your efforts as an educator, yeah, man. man. Thank you, man. I mean, it's, it's 18 years at this point. I got about seven more years where I'll be full-time with it. And then um, even I think upon retirement, I would definitely still be in some way, shape, or form trying to help kids, whether it's part-time or teaching teachers or whatever, or just, you know, continuing to solidify this link between hip hop and, and education. Cause I feel like it's, it's just a, a good combination. How much is it the experience impacted your growth as a man or even as a father? Cause I know you're a dad as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, a lot of my students, um, I see them as, you know, somewhat of, of my kids. Um, whatever I've brought to my students that I felt have been good for them, I've, I've tried to pass that on to my my own kids. So it goes back and forth. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still learning in, in both areas. So I'm, I'm, the key thing is just trying to be open to whatever's going to help me be more effective as either a parent or as an educator, but it's it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know. It's not easy. I, I wonder sometimes um, how you know if I was successful at, at at balancing both. Because the main thing is, you know, you you want to try to have some boundaries, right? But um, that's not one size fits all either. It's like boundaries for one kid might not work for the other kid, and a damn show might not work for your own children. So, again, just trying to be reflective and, you know, working on wisdom. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, man, always. Wow. So, it's another question I wanted to ask you in reference to, yeah, so this is actually in reference to another song on the album, uh, on your Bandcamp description, it says that your song King Oxymoron is a whirlwind of wordplay. And it really is, <laughs> you know, after listening to it. Um, but as I listen to the song closely, 
um, I realized that there are a lot of lines that are actually oxymorons when you think about them, right? That's yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, when you be. when you really listen, you you catch that. Uh, tell me why you chose this title, and also why you chose to pronounce the song as King Ox Cimarron. King Ox Cimarron, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, to me, um, in teaching, there's something called author's choices, right? And it's basically the things that the author decides to focus on to get his point across. So that could be anything from like conflict, characterization. Those are the foundational ones. But then there's the fly ones, joints like irony and um, repetition and onomatopoeia and oxymorons. So those are the ones that take a little bit more finessing. Um, those are the ones where you have your subtlety. So um, oxymorons are tough. You know what I mean? Because it's just like they exist organically. So when you think about, you know, when you teach the kids, it's like jumbo shrimp. It's like, well, shrimp a little. And, you know, and jumbo means big. And it's just like Stuff like that, you know, two things next to each other that when you think about it, there's, there's some type of conflict between them, but then they work to present a grander idea. So I just started thinking like that would be a challenge as a lyricist to create a whole song that sprinkled in the oxymorons. And then I started thinking that there were other oxy there's oxymorons that we use that we don't really even recognize as oxymorons, but when you think about it, definitely oxymoronic. So I ain't wanna say oxymoron because a moron is like, you know, is a dummy. And I felt even in that, just to see the word moron inside the oxymoron to me was oxymoronic because it ain't stupid at all. It's hard, it's like, it's, it's a brain fuck which is dope. So I wanted like the first verse to break it down, the idea of what it was. So uh, this was like kind of a lesson. The whole song was kind of a lesson. So if anything, the first verse was the do now. So when you come in, the kids come in, it's like, do now, all right, cool. And you try to hook them. So it's like, yo, this is what it is. We give them some background information. So first verse is done. It's just explanation. But then the next verse is like, you know, I wanted to bring in shit that if you think about it, not only is oxymoronic, but um, kind of an interesting or twisted idea. So um, that Indian given one to me, that phrase always bothered me as a kid. Because it was like, all right, cool. You a little kid and, and somebody, you know, yo, could I have that? And you a little kid and you ain't really in a position to give nothing away because you ain't buy that. But there's always a kid who comes by and finesses you and is like, yo, man, that Chewbacca, what's good, man? Let me let me, let me me see that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, look at my Chewbacca. And then you're like, yo, could I have that back? They're like, yo, nah, you gave that to me. You know what I mean? Don't be an Indian giver. So when I thought of the concept, I'm like, Indian giver. And I think about this country and it's just like, this, like, who, who came up with that? 
How foul is that phrase to be like, yo, you an Indian giver, homie? Like what? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, they came and the Indians gave them the land, quote unquote. And now they want something back. They want their own thing after they got finessed and manipulated. Now you blame Manette. We blame Manette. So then that led to the American way. And the American way is supposed to be so great. But when attached to the concept of the Indian given, now we blaming the victim. So I was like, <clears throat> I just kept going with them joints. You know what I mean? I just kept going with them. You know, when you think about spare change, who got spare change? Nobody got money laying around to give nobody else. Ain't nothing spare about it. So it was just like these ideas, baby mother and father need to grow up. You know what I mean? It's like when you hear baby mother and baby father, nobody thinks about the actual concept of immaturity connected to it. But you have baby mother and baby father. Like how, how are those even so, so comfortably next to each other? without us thinking about that concept, friendly fire. Like I just started seeing the joints and I was like, yeah, I'm a freak it. And uh, I think I did, that's, to be honest. That's really dope, man. I'm curious to know like what inspired you to see it. Honestly, just I think being a nerd, being a word <laughs> nerd, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, you know, because like we could sit here, we could freestyle, we could, you know, lines, metaphors, this and that, but tackle a whole, like, a whole thing through the entire song. Do that. To me, that's a challenge. You know, first it's a line, then it's like, yo, let me freak a whole verse, you know, attached to one thing. You know, I, I felt like the first time I scratch, started scratching the surface with that was the Trouble Man verse. You know, it's like the Miracle of Birth joint. Now it's like, let me try to rock this style the whole way through. And I ain't the first. There's a lot of other cats that do it. I mean, I think Daylight, like, they, you know, when them dudes are locking to a flow. And that shit, oodles of O's. Oodles of O's to me, like, when I heard that... Um, sniffed the... Um, Whatchamacallit? Um sniff the something green, the Al Greens won't um but never the Kurt Blow, but um smoke the Al Greens, no sniff the Kurt Blows, and everything was O's, O's, O's straight through. And I heard that and I was just like, yo, them dudes won. Because they kept it going the whole song. So I wanted to like really just talk about this concept, which was a tricky, is a tricky like concept, but it's like the challenge was to maintain it throughout mm. after the introduction. Skilled, skilled MCs think alike, man. I like it. It's fun. It's fun. So another track that really stands out on the album is called Mentor. And it, it kind of like details a conversation between like an OG brother and a brother who, like an OG brother that's kind of stuck in his old ways. And then this other brother who's kind of like putting him on to the new generation and just saying like they got some cool stuff to offer, you know. And it this is a conversation that's common, right? I've heard this conversation many a times, whether in person 
or on the internet, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it's something that I, I, I think it was great that you, you, you put as a topic of conversation on the album, but I wanted to ask you, like, where do you think the old school and the new school go wrong in terms of being better able to communicate and connect with each other? Um, I would definitely say that, you know, I tried to place the blame on both sides. Um, but if I'm keeping it a hundred, um, maybe because I'm now an elder statesman with it, I, I'm, I'm gonna definitely see blame on the side of the old heads. Um, maybe a little bit more. So let's start with the young heads. I think the young heads, they go wrong with it's just like, it starts from them, right? So I tried to put in these ideas about, you know, I the old head saying, look, I ain't trying to pay, pay handle for you to pay homage because you shouldn't have to. Um, if we're talking about legacy and, and, and sequence, you know, it's like we don't get to, um, we don't get to Kendrick Lamar without Tupac. But if you peep it, the young dudes who do they do their history, that, that do their homework, you know, Kendrick had a whole song where he was he set up a back and forth conversation with Pac. I thought that was mad respectful. I thought he's not where he is by accident. I think when you look at the young boys who are doing it, Chris Rivers, a dude like Kendrick, um, like Homeboy Sandman, like these dudes, they just ain't nice, just like, oh, cool, whatever. You know, picture that, man. Picture some cat who just picked up a basketball and was like, yo, I'm going to just come through. I'm going to kill dudes. And you ain't never, and he ain't never went and, and, and looked at video with a dream shake or uh, Kobe with the turnaround or Bernard King or, you know, Hardaway crossovers, like, then how much do you love the game if you ain't gonna put in the time to do that research? And 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 it speaks for itself. I mean, I didn't have like Joe Neckbone, young boy. I didn't have the dude who said I never heard you know rock him songs. I just never had that dude because honestly, I ain't got time for you, homeboy. Like that's that's just that's too much right there. You know what I mean? That's 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 the kid who comes in you know, in 12th grade and is reading on a first grade reading level. Like, I just might not have time to get you where you need to be. Um, But I wish you the best. I'm really talking about the dudes who are out here grinding, you young boys doing their homework. Now, the old heads, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm out here, I'm talking to dudes, and there's a lot of dudes who be talking like, yo, man, I, I can't listen to none of this new stuff. And I'm like, word? I'm like, what you listening to? Because I got a stack of shit that I still need to listen to, but I'm going through it and I'm I'm getting gems daily. And I could see why they would get frustrated and, and resort to, you know, the, I don't know, the year 2002 cutoff. I could mm -hmm. see why. Because the radio, if you listen to us on the radio today and they think about what they used to hear on the radio, is is it's a it's a stark difference, and 
that like if you really about this as the old head then you got to do your homework too you got to get out here and you got to be like all right cool man let me listen to you know um let me check out some of these new um playlists or, or let me check out um i was on D dj redmatic yesterday um his joint um played all kind of shit i ain't even heard before flip the script radio um gorilla grooves DJ Clips, um, DJ Riz, um, Rappers Out of Control. There's so many cats who are putting in so much work to curate some shit to point us in the direction of what's really popping right now. Out the box media. You know what I mean? Who are taking the time to be like, yo, I know, hey, trust me, I, I, I listen to, I'm trying to think of what, I listen to the Alcoholics cover to cover. You know, the other day, I still listen to the first far side. It's all there. You can listen to it. But I'm definitely, you know, I'm trying to think of stuff that I'm listening to right now. I'm, I'm, I'm banging all the Griselda shit. Um, I mentioned before, Homeboy Sandman, um, Quelle Chris. Um, there's, there's so much good stuff out right now. I mean, the Farrell Mars shit. That shit's amazing. So it's just like, you can't, if you haven't listened to none of that and you say your shit is trash today, I don't know. I don't know if we can have a meaningful conversation. You, you know what? And I as the OGs who have that foundation, if they would listen, I mean, we'd all be just like, I feel like we'd be elevating as, 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 as fans, as, as people, and as carriers of the culture. You know, you know what I think it is, Breeze, and I've had this conversation a number of times before. I think some of the older brothers are used to a certain way in how they receive the music. You know, when I when I think about when I was coming up in the early 90s, you know, when you listen to the radio is a little bit more balanced in terms of the, the, the variety of hip hop that you were getting. And I feel like the balance still exists now, but it's just not on those, you know, mainstream radio stations. So now you kind of have to be a little bit more aware of where to go. <laughs> and yeah. I think there's a sense of laziness that does happen where they're so used to getting it back in the boom bap, era, I mean, the golden age era a certain way that, it's expected to get that way. So if the, if you're still looking in that direction, of course you're gonna find, you know, uh, the 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 I guess the trap music or the music that would be deemed as not as um, conscious or thought provoking or creative, you know, as some of these other brothers that you mentioned. So I, I think that's what it is. But um, I totally agree with I you. Agree. I was like, you can't, you can't. Um, you can't just base it on one thing when you ask the question, well, what are you listening to? And that's where, I, you know, I feel like, you know, without the box, I really try to push that a lot, uh, you know, push out as much music. And I tell people, you know, like, come over here. And I even mentioned some other sites and other, you know, platforms that I know are, are doing their thing to kind of promote the music. So, but I, I'm, I'm glad that you did, you know, utilize your music to have that discussion because I think it's important to hip hop. 
No school rules, man. All hands on deck. Like old right. school, new school, no school rules. Like at this point, I feel like it's it's so important for what you doing and those other cats that we have mentioned because y'all fighting against, you know, the behemoth. You know what I mean? Like I hope it gets to the point where it pushes the, you know, this quote unquote mainstream media and, and, and radio and all that to just like to give it some time. It'll never be equal time. And I know why, you know why that's a whole nother conversation. Like, I mean, it, McDonald's ain't, ain't going to feed you, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? The five-star Michelin restaurant dish. It's, it's just, it's not how it works. Um, but you know, every so often, you know, if for them to have a special, that would be dope because it's just it's important, man, that that everybody gets to hear the different versions of this music, you know. And and I, just as an educator, like I mean, there's been times where it got dark, and I'm like, damn, these kids are really it's affecting them, you know. Like that that some of that negativity and some of that just like simpleton shit, you know. It's like, hey, man, there's a place in it, man. I used to listen to Doodle Brown. I used to be very happy in the party when Doodle Brown came on. But Doodle Brown can't come on the whole time. You know what I mean? It can't. We just going to be there sweaty and stinking. And it's just like you just can't have that the whole time. Wow, man. Well said. What, one of the greatest concept albums that's ever been done in hip-hop is Prince Among Thieves, which you mentioned, you know, your involvement in earlier by Prince Paul. Um, you obviously played a star character in the, um, in the actual story. Tell me what it was like actually recording this type of album and how did your involvement in it uh, benefit your career moving forward? Um, it was like I said before, man, like Paul laid it out. Like he literally had the whole script laid out and he just was like, look, I need a song about this. You read the script, you, you you read what leads up to it. And I just need you to basically encapsulate that in the song. And it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. I just wanted to not let him down, you know, for having the faith in me. And I was just trying to kill it, you know, for, for lack of a better, better um phrase. It was just like, let me just make sure that it does right by where the story is at this point. Indeed. And as, as far as, you know, um, my career, I mean, it definitely pushed it up to another level. You know, um, I, at that point, you know, I, I was pretty comfortable in the underground. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, major label cats was, was coming at me, but it definitely was like, yo, this dude, he got something. You know, I remember we had this, uh, it was a, a BET, um, I guess, you know, was discussing it. And it was bugged because it wasn't Big Tigger. It was another brother. And we met in Queens. And it was a couch. And on the couch, it was Kane, me, and Special Ed. So... It took a lot of, um, it took all my cool points internally to not just straight up fan out and just be like, yo, those are two brothers who, when I think about the dudes who really made me want to rhyme, 
Um, I had been rhyming when I heard them already, but after I heard these brothers, I was like, damn, there's, there's another gear. And um, the fact that I was just literally in their company, that meant a lot. You know, I still have so much respect for those dudes as artists and um, for what they did and where they, you know, they, they elevated the craft. So that definitely just to be in, in that company, I mean, it, it still resonates, you know what I mean? I was honored to have a track produced by Maceo, um, Joy called Keep It Up. And, it knows, you know, I still feel like it's still a ripple from that project I did with Paul, which was, you know, at this point, about to be 22 years ago, real soon. Wow. So the last song on that album is a critique about Donald Trump. And, you know, I, I, I heard the song when it came out. I think you've, you initially released it sometime, like maybe it's October of last year or whatever. Yeah, it was October 22nd because um, that was the first day of um, mail-in voting. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. I remember that. Um, tell me what inspired this record uh, in particular and what made it a, a, a fit to be the last song on the album when you think about all the other records? Well, um, a lot of it, that was chronological. That was the last joint that um I had written. There okay. were other joints that got mixed after. Um, but honestly, that was the last joint that I had written. And it was bug because that was like 2018. So that was in the middle of his only <laughs> thank god his only four years but um it covered like basically the first two years and you know i just felt like i still could not believe that people were championing him like they were still like oh no this and that and i, I mean i know they go and they, you know they search out and they look all around they find black people but these black people were on tv and they were talking about dude and I was having conversations with people who were, up until that point, I felt were logical thinkers. So I really wanted to like literally take his words and present his words as, you know, to, to, to frame the examples of where I thought, like, what the fuck are y'all thinking? So that's why in the background and the ad libs, they're all Trump because I chopped them up from a debate and had him say that, you know, I would say, yo, he's talking about global warming and he says it's a hoax. And he was like, no, I didn't say that. So I just really wanted to kind of go at him in a way that was logical, where even if it sounded like he said something that made sense, like I remember the park, after the Parkland shooting, he was like, oh, no, we're going to discuss and have, um, you know, some, some conversation about this. And then two days later, he was like, you know, we're never going to take your guns. You deserve to have whatever firearm you choose. And then that's how I was like, I bet the NRA means a newly reamed asshole because I wanted to just, even if he made any bit of sense, I wanted to um, attack it as you would like a point counterpoint type of argument. 
So um, I wanted anybody who was who's in support of him to be like, oh, nah, you're right. But what I learned is that was the halfway point. And then the wheels fell off. And I, I talked about real shit. You know what I mean? In, in, in three verses, I think I definitely talked about real shit. That was the warm up. Mm. Like those were the layups. The gate, the whistle hadn't even blown yet with the type of bullshit that we would see moving forward. But um, I was definitely trying to be purposeful. I mean, great. We want to sell records. We want whatever. You want to be popular. I wanted it out at a date that was that somebody could have heard it, and it it you know could have possibly impacted their thinking. Mm. That's why it wasn't just like Donald Trump, you know, whatever. F Donald Trump. I love that too. Um, that's fine. I play. I play all of that. But at the same time, I wanted some type of. Uh, internal debate with that he would obviously lose um because how else do you want to freak it but there are lines there where I, I try to talk about stuff that he did what that seemed somewhat sensible at the time but in retrospect in hindsight you know damn you know what i mean that's why it ends up you know Stor uh stormy daniels was like one of the last things i talked about I ain't even talk about impeachment. The first one. I ain't talk about the Ukraine or none of that because it hadn't come up yet. And you look at all that, you know, Parkland and, and Charlottesville and all of that. And all of that was a warm up. Wow. And, and you, I, you know, we still in a tough spot. We, you know? Wow. And you said you did this in 2018. The record was recorded in 2018. Wow. Recorded, recorded and did the beat in 2018. It sounded like it was recorded last year, you know what I mean? But, you know, without getting into the topics, but yeah, wow. I mean, that's how bad, when you think about it, in hindsight, like, damn. Like, look at all the shit I talked about. Puerto Rico, you know, him blocking out trans soldiers, all of that, you know. But what I've learned is moving forward, it's not about logic with his supporters. This is not a lot. We're not going to have a logical conversation. And, and even if it's just to present that, like to couch that idea, like, look, I gave y'all all this, what y'all got to say. And it's still like, nope. And not only has the shit gone non-logical, that shit has went off the, I mean, not even off the rails when you start to factor in some of the, like just the, the, the nonsensical shit, this QAnon shit. And it's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, that's what's scary. Because it's like we we there's no minds to change on that one. Mm. And what do you do? I'm just glad I live in the hood. I'm just glad I live in the Bronx where if somebody's believing in that shit, they're not gonna they're not gonna say that shit publicly. Not in my neighborhood. And it's just like the vast majority of the people are like, yo, you know, that's some wild crazy shit he's talking. But um there's even other parts of the Bronx now where it's like you know? Wow. Dogs neck, come on. You're better than that. <laughs> come Breeze, on, dogs neck. Get it together. <laughs> Breeze, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with me today, man. Um, in, in closing the interview, 
I want to ask you, just, just I guess straight up, like what's next in store for you? Like, is is the release of hindsight gonna motivate you to put out another album soon, or how is it gonna go? Are we gonna just kind of rock out with hindsight for some nah, years? Nah, 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 <laughs> man. I'm trying to keep it pushing. I got an EP on deck, totally produced by Seb Bash. Um, who did Gotta Love It and Roll Rage. So that brother, I have an EP with him, and I'm just waiting on it to get mixed. He's out of Switzerland, so I can't, you know, bang on his door every day, but that WhatsApp be on fire. I'm like, yo, fam, how the mix is coming? But um, that joint's ready to go. Um, I'm building on my man, B-Money, who, who had did um, translated. You know, I have at my disposal like so many um, talented producers and I produce. So at this point, you know, I'm really trying to just get as much catalog in in the next five years. Nice. That's my goal. Like in the next five years, I just want to put out some EPs, some full lengths, you know, hopefully another Juggernauts project. You know, I want to do some shit that I totally produce myself, you know, there's some other cats that I'm working with, like on some group shit. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to divulge, but these are dudes that you, that that you know people who respect out the box. They would know them, and um, I love this shit. I love this shit, man. I feel like once the smoke clears from this COVID shit, I'm gonna see other parts of the world. Um, I'm gonna spread this music, everything on hindsight and previous, and get out there, have fun, and rhyme, and you know. And, and just feel those moments that only hip hop can provide. And I just want more of them, you know? I mean, I got a couple of nice collabos coming up. Um, Cats, you know, got a uh, verse on Copyrights album, which is crazy. Got a verse on my brother Curly Castro's album, which is crazy. Um, I got, you know, double AB. I got, I got like, before the year's up, there's probably, <coughs> Another fifteen brewing verses. That's about that's gonna be floating around. Yeah, I seen your name pop up on a number of features, and I want to say like last year, I was just seeing your name pop up here and there. I can't remember each you know each project, but I was like, oh okay, breezes breezes getting in, getting it in, and yeah. getting back. So that's I'm, good to know. I'm going I'm going to double that as far as the collabs joint, but he, but after that, I might shut down the collabs a bit because I definitely want to work on. Uh, you know, I just want to work on this catalog, like my own shit, because that's my legacy at the end of the day. Is there any close future for an actual other Juggernauts album? Honestly, nope. Not like where we have, not like how I got this EP lined up. Okay. I mean, Queen Heroine, she's doing a thing. She's uh, she's on a couple of the, that new Knots project. Um, you know, Cat Fever, a.k.a. Buddy Slim. Um be slim. He's still in the lab. He's still running the label. Um, you know, we just put out my man Ray Folks. We put out a project with him from formerly of Adigio. So, you know, we 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 all we staying busy. But I I would love to get it to the point where you know we could I could lock everybody in, in, in our parents' house and you know put some <laughs> sleeping bags in the basement. 
next to a, a microphone and a mixing board and, and, and try to recreate the, the energy that we had when we did the first Juggernauts joint. I don't know how possible that is. It's, it's going to have to be a different, a different look, but I would love to do another project with my family. That goes without saying. It's just, like I said before, everything, my, stem, my family's still mega involved and we're definitely in a better place as a family. So it'd be dope if we could do something musical moving forward. Yeah, man, I'm I'm all here for it, man. Use use your confusion was uh was my joint, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Really a lot of people slept joint. on that, but that had some joints. Yeah, that had some joints. Remember, y'all had a joint called Thirty Is the New Twenty. <laughs> Yo, the craziest shit about that. It's now, funny that now, you mentioned that. Now you joint. gotta update that. Forty is the new twenty. <laughs> that joint dropped on the exact same day that Hove did this a song by the same name. So thirty something dropped. Two times, October 30th, October 31st, 2006. We had a song named 30-something, and Hove had a song named 30-something on the same day. So I don't know. That meant nothing, but it was just interesting for me. Nah, that's <laughs> big, fan, big fan of that, brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, Breeze, man, again, I want to thank you so much. I, I wish you all the best with the continued success of this project. I think this project is stellar. You know, like I said earlier, it does require you to listen, but if you take that time, I think you will be as a listener, you'll be pretty well rewarded with what um you have to display on this album. So, uh for the people that are out there, man, you want to give them your website or, you know, I don't know, Bandcamp link or, you know, wherever they can pretty much reach you via social media, so forth. Yeah, it's pretty much just, you know, Breeze Brewing on Twitter, Breeze Brewing on Instagram. Um, I get back to people. Um, you know, if you need drops, you you a DJ, you know, reach out, man. We all, we all like, all hands on deck, man. Like, I, I, I love it, man. Well, let, let's continue to promote this art form that we obviously get a lot out of. And we, and we love quite a bit. You can feel the passion in, the, in what you do. Shout out to you. I'm so glad we were able to finally sit down and chop it up. You know, that's one of the beauties that actually finally getting the project out to so many people over the years. It was like, yo, we're going to build, we're going to build. And here we are, man. This was a great interview, man. I had a lot of fun. Um, I love your format. And it's, um, you know, you can reach me through those or you could definitely check the juggernauts through um, Instagram as well. Um, that's pretty much the home base for um for Team Matic, Matic um records. And um Van Camp the same thing. Just check up uh Juggernauts and actually there's no breeze brewing on 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 Bandcamp. You gotta check Juggernauts and that'll take you to the project if you wanna buy copy it off of Bandcamp. Beautiful, beautiful. So I wanna also say to all of our listeners out there, make sure and viewers, I, I gotta remember to say viewers because we're on YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys check out our podcast. Uh, it is on Spotify, uh, Apple, it's on Google. Um, all you got to do is look up Out The Box Talks. That's our audio podcast. And as I said, this year we're doing more interviews and putting them up on YouTube. So check out our YouTube channel, Out The Box TV. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, you're already there. So you can go check out the audio podcast um, on Spotify, you know, Google, Anchor, 
you know, wherever you listen to generally listen to audio podcasts, just look, search for Out the Box Talks and hit that follow or that subscribe button so you could be updated. And if you're listening on the audio platform, then make sure you also come to YouTube so you can get the full visual and that experience on YouTube at Out the Box TV and subscribe there as well. I got to get that in, Breeze. I, I, I sometimes forget nah, to man. tell the folks to I'm do that. I'm glad you are, man. Appreciate you, man. Yes, I appreciate man. your work, Krill, man. It's 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 been a pleasure, and I just you know just seeing you continue to de- develop, man, in in uh in your work, man. Just it's, it's good stuff, man. I appreciate you. Likewise, brother, and uh, just like that, man. I just want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for always checking us out. You know, thank you for your consistency. Thank you for sharing the shows tweeting the shows i'm also on twitter at out the box media and instagram at out the box media and on facebook at out the box radio and out the box tv so uh, i want to thank all of my viewers and listeners and just the whole out the box audience so till our next episode which will be next friday we put out a new show every friday so you could look for it on youtube as well as on the audio podcast platforms I just want to say to all of y'all, stay healthy, stay safe, you know, peace, love, and light. Stay focused. And we are out what of up, here. What up, y'all? Peace. <laughs>